2016, a new Arrowverse show premiered on the CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in their shadows quietly. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and the progression from season one. This week, content warning, Oliver Queen, Ray, 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 Ray of the Jungle, and Theory of Relativity, more like Theory of These Hands. Definitely don't call us heroes. We are the legends of next week. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode, another season of the Legends of Next Week. I'm your host, Mary. Yay. I'm your host, Mary. I use she, her pronouns. Eden, she, her pronouns. And I am Kate, also still using the she, her pronouns. And we're back. We're back. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're all alive, believe it or not. We're all here. We're all thriving with a question mark. Thriving? <laughs> I would put three question marks in there, actually. How are we supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? I don't know, but at least I got Andor and this. I know where mine was fed of, I am sorry, I have gone over to the dark side of uh, steady fix. That's what I was doing with my time. I'm not going to lie. I've just been in a spiral of rewatching Bojack Horseman and consuming internet drama like it's candy. Oh, yes. We love that internet drama. And but- so, where, Kate, where are we going today? Well, we are back with season two of Legends of Tomorrow, and we're starting with our first episode. So season two, baby, let's get going with our first episode, Out of Time. Truly a banger of an episode. It's oh, yeah, I like this one. It feels long, but in a good way. Yes, Honestly, it does. As I said, season two is kind of like starting to get to Legends, but not quite there. So it's kind of the, let's do this. It's a transitional period. Yeah, it's a transitional period. Definitely. Um, but I remember even like back at the time, this was a very strong pilot. I think this is much stronger than the p- two-parter pilot. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. We really do just kind of open up right in there. Um, we get a little recap from Martin from season one. It's like, hey, uh, Time Masters are dead. We're the only ones left. And I do have to admit, I love how Nick is referred to as the arsonist. It's not an incorrect title, but it just sounds kind of badass when Martin says it. Just to say, season two, Mick, Mick is a complex character. Very complex. And I, as we've talked about before, kind of the most inconsistently written character. But I have to say season two, Mick, for the most part, we support. And then we, we you know, they never learned from season two, Mick, to what they do to season four, Gary. But we'll talk mm. about that later. But... We will get before we get started unpacking this whole thing. We do <laughs> want to bring up something really exciting that we'll be dropping in throughout. So, if you were not on Tumblr during 20, 2017, right? Yeah, 26, it's not, it was the summer of 2017. This season is very divisive 
And I feel like, especially at that time, because it oh, was yeah. such a departure. So on Tumblr, there exists a season two rewrite of it's Legends. It's on AO3 too, actually. And AO3, there's fan art for it. It is incredible. Maybe we'll have a segment next week where we read some parts from it or just talk about the plots that they choose. But uh, we mention it because it's through this Tumblr thing that Kate and I met each other. Yep. Incredibly funny. <laughs> this is funny. We met each other over discourse. Over discourse about Legends of Tomorrow. Because people were, people were really, I'm not going to lie, people were really upset. And I, admittedly, I was upset that we lost Leonard Tsar because he had been such a huge character for a lot of people, beloved by many. And people were, people got frustrated because last year, last year, I'm not in the past. Um, after season one, it was confirmed he would show up in season two from time to time, which had us all questioning, oh my God, is he coming back to life? Oh, I was part of that club. I was not part of the rewrite, obviously. <laughs> but I was part of the club of, oh my God, we, he's we hadn't quite, somehow. We hadn't quite met you yet. No, but, but I was part yeah. of the club of people who was like, he's coming back. But I'm curious, how much did you, during the hiatus of that time, if you can recall, how how devout were you in following news for season two? Because I was excited when they first announced Nate's character as a historian because I thought, oh, a historian I, 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 and I, time I, travel? This is going to be great. I feel like I didn't. I just was like, I was, again, one of those people who were like, they're going to bring back Wentworth Miller. They have to bring back Wentworth Miller. I'm going to watch season two to see if they bring back Wentworth Miller. Yeah. I will admit, at the time, I wasn't, I, I, I was in college at that time. I didn't have, like, live TV. So I remember I watched season two kind of late, uh, as well as I watched season one kind of late. I wasn't following it as closely. And I also, um, my first go through of season two, it I wasn't my favorite season, but this is the embarrassing thing. It's because American Gods was coming out at this same time. And I was eating all of that up. All of the info. Season one of American Gods, Unmatched TV. Oh, Jillian Anderson. Jillian Anderson is three. No. Oh, Orlando Jones. Oh, Oh, yes. A freaking masterclass. Masterclass, man. Yeah, I was was excited for Nate. But I I, I was really excited to be getting for Nate because I thought historian dealing with time travel is going to be a really interesting dynamic. And I was also really excited when they announced uh, Maisie Richardson Sellers coming in as Amaya, yes. who was the great grandmother of Vixen. And I thought it would be interesting because, okay, it's someone in the past that we're bringing on board. But we can get into that as the season goes on. But I was just, I was so excited for season two to come out. And then it did. Uh, just one more thing before we really jump into this episode. This <laughs> is when um, Vixen. The animated, um, like the show and the the scenes on the CW, those had already come out. So we all were like had an awareness of Vixen. And so when Amaya, I do remember Amaya being announced as the grandmother yeah, of the present day Vixen. So we all, we, love all very we all love Maisie. So it was amazing. And Maisie before this had done a Star Wars <laughs> and then was on the CW. 
I was, this, this, yeah. Um, if you don't know this in The Force Awakens, she, in a, there's a deleted scene where she talks with Carrie Fisher. But it, she's also in a, she's also in a scene when um, Death Star knockoff, I don't remember what it's called right now. <laughs> um, I'm Star sorry. Killer? No. Star- no, no, no Starkiller is the guy. No, sorry, fake fan over here. I'm, so, I know my, I, I know my Star Wars stuff. I'm very well versed in Clone Wars era. This is just not my area of expertise. But um, you know when the when the Death Star 2.0, the big planet, um, you see her when the planet she's on is being blown up. Lovely. I don't remember this. Okay, Matthew, watching yeah. The Force Awakens. How dare they? And now let's jump into this bad boy of an episode. We start off with Nate Haywood tripping in a hallway. Which goes? Goals. Yes. Um, we I are in. The first thing we see is him running from the, uh, you know, security guards, like, really fast. Yeah, um, so we're actually in Star City 2016, and he is booking it. Um, it's kind of it's kind of funny watching him book it through there to sliding and knocking it out and then finally getting his his ass kicked. It is so funny. <laughs> like he just like eats the floor in like the first minute. <laughs> and then yeah. Oliver Queen jump scare, as <laughs> <Mary> mentioned. <laughs> yeah, we have to go back to Oliver Queen, of course, for some reason. Do not know why. I get it, but again, he's more likable in this episode than I liked him ever in Arrow, so it's sort of okay. Isn't this um okay, so he's the mayor right now. Was yes. so he's beaten Brother Blood, right? Which season yeah. was that? Okay. Brother Blood was season two. At this point, he has just killed Damien Dark. Uh Laurel is dead. Um Team Arrow Damian is Dark. <laughs> like you can kill Damien Dark. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just me being dumb. Um, Team Arrow is essentially broken up. This is this is like when Oliver is doing his Team Arrow reboot, as I like to call it. Remember season five? Because like, because Laura was dead. Thea was gone. Thea was gone. I don't know what Thea was doing. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, I think um, wasn't this with um when Ragman? Yeah, um, this was Ragman. Um, this was with Evelyn and Curtis honestly, and um. I'm sad they got rid oh, of- Renee, Renee. I forgot about Renee. Renee. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Renee Ramirez. Um, dude with the hockey mask. Wait, no, that's just, uh, that is <laughs> no, that was not Sportsmaster. No. Um, no, what was he wearing? Um, oh you God, I Curtis. Delusion. I, I know who you. Curtis. Is Curtis. Yeah, yeah, Renee Ramirez. Come on, you know the the one guy. Um. God, what did he call himself? T Dog? No. Wild, wild no. Dog. Wild Dog. No, that name? was Ted. No, oh no, I know he wasn't wild. That was Renee. Renee was Wild Dog. He, I think I think well, Wild Cat was Ted Grant. He watched Arrow so much. I don't know. Listen, I watched the one episode with the wrestler. Hockey mask guy is Renee Ramirez, aka Wild Dog. Oh, he's Wild <laughs> I, listen, I got really off watching Arrow. When was Arrow? Hang on, I'm trying to do the math here. So this was okay. Wasn't super. Ba- I was not in my bad place yet. Okay, we're good. But anyway, uh, Oliver Queen comes out of his mayor office, and uh, 
Nate's just kind of there. Honestly, I feel like Nate has facial hair in this episode. Anyone else yeah. notice that? He, yeah, he's got a little scrap going. Not gonna lie, it's a little because he's a historian and an uh-huh. introvert. But, but like, he's, listen, it's the Indiana Jones aesthetic. Wait, isn't he a certain kind of historian? Which I always forget what kind of historian he is. Yes. Um. So he wants he's so Oliver wants him out until um Nate says. I need to talk to you about Ray Palmer and Sarah Lance. And that's when Oliver has the alarm bells going up. It's like, oh, crap. I know them. They went off to go save time. And um, so Nate is basically, Nate is Oliver's Nate flash chance of getting through to someone. Um, Nate says that he is a historian who specializes in deductive historical reconstruction, essentially a time detective. And then he's been detecting minute differences throughout the timeline occurring, which we would have noticed if it not for, he probably talked to someone who was a quantum physicist friend. Uh, can I know who that was? I'm serious. I need to know that for plot reasons. I don't know. But you, you know what? I always think also Nate listens to some kind of conspiracy theory radio because like, how did he know all this stuff? There's no way he could have known it by just detecting. There has to be some kind of conspiracy radio that he listens to. I'm sorry. There has- Okay, I got one reason. Um, he has a lot of time because he doesn't have a girlfriend yet. Hey, I was just gonna. Hey, I I was I'm just gonna sorry. say that I hope his radio shock jock of choice is Miss Leslie Willis. Oh, aka okay, the most what, underused what, character in the Arrowverse. Yeah, but the well, question that's is, not does entirely Earth, true. But... Does the Earth does the Earth R have a Leslie Willis, and is she a radio host? Yes. Otherwise, she's my wife. <laughs> My wife. Also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will make things at um, Nate's romantic relationships because they did annoy the crap out of me for the fall. For the okay, we're, we're going to admit on the top of the show. I actually liked Nate in season two until he was with Maya. Yeah. To be honest, this isn't necessarily hate towards Nate and Maya. Again, even if we say we don't like a ship or whatever. You're free to like what you like. Mm-hmm. More power to you. Um, but I do uh, definitely agree that the until Nate was in a relationship, he was more entertaining, at least for me. There are parts of Nate in a relationship that are cute, but I, I think personally later when we get to Zari and Nate. Yeah, like I, like I love Zari and Nate. It, 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 it's, it's, we talk about this many times that when you have... Um, when you have a straight passing, I will call it a straight passing relationship because I have my own headcanons about sexualities. A straight passing relationship, legends have, did struggle, I feel. We saw that struggle in season one with Ray and Kendra. We, I feel like we're gonna see that struggle. We do see that struggle later on, I think, but I'm sorry, I'm, I'm derailing us entirely. No, but this is important. These are issues that we bring up just as we continue to watch Legends. I want to say that Nate looks like a very pathetic little meow meow in like the first five minutes. And honestly, I'm like, who is this? This is he's your meow now. (laughs) Honestly, though, like again, you get Oliver. Just I feel like he's just annoyed at this. Because he's like, like I have better things to do. I'm mayor. I don't need this at this moment. Yeah, and then 
Nate pulls out that he's that he the re- and Oliver's like, why are you bring this to me? And Nate pulls out the Green Arrow card. And at that point, I think Oliver was going to murder him, so like straight up murder him in his office if he did oh, not. Yeah. And then Nate tell Nate because of course Oliver Queen's secret identity is just about as secret as Barry Allen's. Honestly, though, again, um, this is the worst secret. Oh, look. He came back to Star City. All of a sudden, the arrow popped up. I mean, any Nate is not, you know, a smart guy, but like anybody would have picked that up, I feel, because I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, he's smart enough to have a doctorate. Yeah, but I know so I know people who've gotten masters and doctorates, but they don't know how to boil water for spaghetti okay okay you know what common sense that's that's my bad that's saying like you're right we love nate here we do it takes us a little longer but oh that boy oh that boy i do love the little teases that nate gives us of future events of this season which is very fun to look back at and watch on your second go especially the illuminated manuscript i because I'd forgotten about that. The first when I first saw the season years ago, and then seeing that, I was like, oh, I think I know where that's from. And then we get like, <laughs> I don't know why they just have Oliver say this line. <laughs> I think it's just very funny. It's like, well, you, if you're here, like, and the legends like were blocking this nuclear bomb, that they're not in trouble. They're they're dead. Dead. <laughs> Yeah, because Nate mentions that that in night because in 1942 there was a report of a ship diving into the Atlantic and like some shockwave of an that's on scale with a nuclear bomb. It's very lucky he went to the rich guy because now they had enough money to go down into the ocean to find the ship. Because how are they doing this without that money? Yeah, because here's the thing. We get the 24 hours later, they're on the Atlantic. So I so I was watching them figuring, okay, so they're in the Atlantic. And here's the I had canon that Star City is on the western side of the US. That's mm-hmm. my head canon. Um, and I basically I'm based off the DC map that was out. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is. I wish we'd get something, but um, so flying across across the country, that's it's easily a five-hour flight, maybe six hours. You count for time difference too. Oliver probably made the Oliver probably made some calls to people he knew, or he threatened them. That's possible. So it's feasible to get across there in that amount of time. I I just wanted to look that up for you. So I want to say that you're both right and wrong. You are correct that Star City, an Arrow, is in Washington in the United States. However, in the comics, it's either by the Great Lakes or it's in Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut is near the Atlantic, so it works. Well, well that would well, like the idea. Well, with Arrow's mythology of, of Oliver being on the boat and ending up in the North China Sea, he'd have it would easily make sense to be in the Pacific. I mean, Robert Queen definitely did not circ- circumnavigate the globe. He doesn't have those kind of brains. Anyway. <laughs> I'm amazed they even get to the um, the time machine. And I'm also, I don't know, I'm kind of amazed they're just 
on this time machine without any gear? Like, what yeah, what? Where is the airlock? First of all, wouldn't the water go into the airlock? Second, we had the beautiful scene of the wave rider being at the bottom of the ocean that kind of like oh to titanic i was expecting the necklace to be somewhere around there but i guess not bummer mixed it makes soul and it's on the ship probably did i mean i guess what they have is like the pod bay doors like an alien or other spacecraft open the pod pod bay doors how i'm sorry i'm sorry rip i'm afraid i can't do that Nice. So they're there. No one's there except, oh my god, there's an asleep arsonist in the med bay. Let sleepy arsonists lie. Which they don't do. Oliver Queen, in his great deduction, goes, well, he might be in stasis. And like, how do you know that? Right there. Which, yay, Captain Obvious. (laughs) Wait, I wanted to comment on this. So, like, um, Nate wakes Mick up. Great scene. Tries to swing. And Oliver says something like, yeah, like, my name's my Oliver name Queen. Oliver. No, he lets me say, no, I was agreeing with you. My name is Oliver Queen in my pref- but my preference. I thought he was going to say my pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver's, Oliver's pronouns are bow arrow. <laughs> me, though. Then Mick Murray. Sorry. Wait, Mick Rory does not know who Oliver Queen is. There had to be nope. something where no, like, Leonard and Mick probably plan to rob the Queen family at some point. I'm sorry. I th- yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, I've never woken up from a stasis before, but I feel like when you wake up and someone's standing over you, you're not going to be the most receptive. But we're yeah. not, but, um, I will say, um, I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was a very that was some good camera work between um, the actors there. Very good camera work, I must say. This is a well, very well directed episode. Although there's a couple really weird zoom ins. <laughs> like, has okay, this is deep cut. Does anyone remember the first episode of Gotham where Jim Gordon is chasing this this crook through the streets yeah. and then all of a sudden there's this weird camera angle where it's like the camera is strapped to him so you just see his face. Yeah, it's just like a body cam. Yeah, it's like almost like a- so weird. I know where you Oh, I was talking with Gotham with some people the other day and I was like- This one was yeah. by Dermot That Dem- show was really weird, but it was really camp. Which did a lot of CW stuff. Oh, he did Gotham, though! Yay! Oh, that makes sense, then. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> At least the CW never got Gotham. Could you imagine the horror there? I almost wish they did. Do you know how much I would have paid to see, like... No, but you know they would Robin Lord paid. Taylor's a perfectly camp penguin on Legends. <laughs> Iconic. But listen, they would listen. If CW acquired Gotham, it would not be as camp as the good, this the kind true. of it would, you know, they would uh, like they would do worse than Fox. They would make they would sort of want to make Penguin aggressively straight. This is my hottest take. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> I think Supergirl got worse when it was on the CW. Yes. Anyway, I'm sorry. Season one of Supergirl is my favorite. Anyway. It is. It is like we listen. We're we're just saying facts here slash opinions. 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 It it's, defi- it's our podcast. <laughs> they're facts. Anyway, there's a difference. 
it's it's a public it's it's our opinion we are voicing it publicly if you agree with us great if you don't agree don't egg us i can't think of any egg segue but eggs excellent so as we well let's crack on then wait the director did uh episode three of season one the balloon man of gotham i'm pretty sure that also had the weird character (laughs) nick starts um spinning his yarn about you might be wondering how like record scratch Yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I ended up in this situation. And then we're in France, 1637. This scene, I think. I love this scene. This is Legends. This, we talked about in our cowboy episode, how that's when they start feeling like a team and we start getting that chemistry and that tone. This scene of them in France, like, if I wanted to show somebody what Legends of Tomorrow is, it's this. Mm-hmm. I love mixed disgust with the blouse. He's like, it's all started when Rip Hunter made me wear a blouse. They all look so- outfits. All mm. outfits in this episode are, are killing it. Yes. Because so we've got all of our main dudes uh, out, like, keeping watch there because it's Louis the 15th. 13th. 13th. Yes. with Roman numerals, don't ask me. Yeah. And his wife that are about like Anne of Austria. <laughs> they are literally here to make sure that these two people get it on. So get that it on like Donkey Kong. Louis the 16th will come about and usher in a golden age of France. Louis the 14th, because he's the sun 14th. king. Okay, thank you. I 14th, can't the sun breathe. king. He is responsible for Versailles and eventually is and eventually he has Louis the 15th and Louis the 16th who gets his head chopped off during that's where I was getting confused seriously I'm still wondering if the man in the iron mask was the 14th that had to been Uh, it is because they mention Cardinal Richelieu Richelieu I'm so sorry for butchering this uh we got it right Cardinal Richelieu is like top literary villains of all time Mm. But it's fun fact is um he's Very almost shrewd politician. Yes. Fun fact he's almost always portrayed with an eye patch, like on movies, TV, or stage. But it wasn't like Christopher Lee, I think, was the first man to play him. One of the first men to play him on screen, and he chose to have an eye patch. So that's just oh. why he has one now. Amazing. I think it was I think Peter Capaldi also played Carl Richelin. Yeah. Well, let's lot that. Maybe next time we'll talk about our favorite Reachleys. Excuse the thirst. Now moving on. <laughs> well, actually, wh- why excuse the thirst? So while all our guys are standing watch outside, Sarah is inside helping the queen get ready and put her necklace on. You know, I I I'm with the queen here. She probably you know political marriage here, and she was oh, like, t- of course it's a political. Of marriage. course it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> Europe in what was it, 15th century. Yep. 16, something and like that. Like, yeah. My husband has courtesans she could sleep with. Why not me? And male courtiers. We support. We support you. She was definitely the one doing the seducing. You could yeah. see it. She was the one doing the seducing. And honestly, I was like, I can't honestly, fault Sarah. I, I can't fault her. That misses the Sarah. I loved when Sarah did those because it's always like 
because usually it would be a guy in this situation doing this and i loved it with sarah lance to no end this made an impact on me (laughs) (laughs) well we uh, yeah I mean, this is the this is the season where I discovered a lot about myself. Truly, because I mean, we say it as a joke, but we we mentioned like last season how Sarah being bisexual on TV was like one of the first times I'd ever seen a bisexual character on TV that was actually alive. I mean, they killed her at one point, but then she was she came back. The immor- she was she was the, she punched the barrier date barrier barrier days barrier gays trope face. <laughs> And then I also like, but there's also, this episode is really well written because there's, they sprinkle in little bits of all the future, like joke, once in future thing. Because the queen mentions, like, you have a beautiful necklace, like, and Sarah says, it's from my sister. Of course, well, then the queen is like, I hate to see a beautiful lady so sad. This queen When is it my turn? When is it? She had good game. I'm sorry this queen had good game. And then, because, again, this is how Legends is so good. Because Richelieu's men have laser guns. <laughs> start shooting. Lasers. Oh, we forgot that Martin Stein really likes uh, Three Musketeers. Where... Yes, you got the Martin Stein lore drop. And Rip Hunter looks really fine. And I'm sorry, he does. He looks fine. <laughs> rip I, I we gotta say season two rip that's peak rip that it is peak, peak rip. rip that is unless like you like uh, except for the times in season one when he's real sad this is peak because you like your men depressed we do i do <laughs> i yeah um anyway um anyway there's uh, laser guns the music popped off here. Blake Neely mm-hmm. put his whole um scene. He really did. He Blake Neely did not have to go so hard yeah, for the Arrowverse. This man. And of course, the team goes right away with screwing things up because they're using their tech that they should not be using. And Firestorm is there. I love Jax falling off to the uh, bat. That's my favorite merge. Ever. Like, oh, it's perfect. That is my Best favorite. Merge. Yeah, so good. Also, can we talk about Rip fighting with the sword with the one? Oh, that, that was great to watch. That was that was like I can't listen. I've I always wanted defense. I never got the chance to, but I was just fascinated watching that. That's why I'm like, this scene is peak legends because we've got swords. We've got everyone in fun costumes. We've got the Firestorm merge, which is incredible. We got Probably Sarah top with the queen. Of the season. We ha- and then meanwhile, Mick's like, where the hell is Sarah? Sarah hooking up with the Queen of France. And it is like, hard. the king is just like sitting there, like making sure everything's ready. And then we have Rip's little bloody hell. Oh. Yes. I, I do love after it's all done with the King of France just walks out and he's like he's shook he's gonna be traumatized from this ordeal oh, they, and then the, Sarah comes out the queen is already your highness and Jack oh Jack she's all warmed, warmed up Jax. shut your mouth Jax so I'll cut Jax's your eyes out feed them to you yeah oh. I love Jack's little smirk that like hey you got it that was this. 
that listen jacks and sarah have a great sibling dynamic and that really shined through so much in that scene and she she's like i'm gonna kill you Oh, I'm gonna I'm murder you, She's gonna cut out his eyes and feed them to him. Yes, I'm gonna murder. Hannibal is quaking right now. So then we get back to the ship. I feel like intercut and intercut with this, we're cutting back to team activities and then Mick recanting the story. And so yeah. they're back on the ship and they hear something about a like, hmm. What's this time? Well, first Rip gets on board and is like, here's everything that you did wrong. Ray's like, ah, yes, this is the part where Rip tells us everything we did wrong. And um, Mick's like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Rip has the dad face as he walks over to him and pulls out a handful of shiny gold trinkets. Stealing stuff, screwing up. Like, I didn't do it. That's not big screwing up. Mick was just doing his thing and robbing people. Mick, Mick, Mick just this is just Mick being Mick. Because I can excuse the burglary, but I can't excuse the the use of future weapons. Yeah. I know because Rip is going here like we were using our future weapons and our powers, and you stole things and seducing the Queen of France. She, she seduced me. me. He's literally dad rip. What did I tell you kids about doing this? You're not Peak supposed rip. to. This is what Hunter Bad Batch is going to be like in season two. <laughs> and we love him for it. I like, though, Mick's little, yeah, why can't we be in Aruba 2016? Great little um, Easter, uh, like, not an Easter egg, but like a great little nugget. It's a little, it's keep. a great nugget that we keep in our pocket and we keep well, it nice and warm. Well, mentioning it, so yeah. There's a time quake. <laughs> Which I again, I really like legends making up some nonsense. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And they originated the time quake to 1942. And earlier, the touchdown was like, wait, why can't you go to 1942? And I don't know who asked it, but Nick's answers that, well, we had this guy, Rex Tyler, who came, he, he told us not to go there and then vanished. And that's all we hear about it for now. And we have to worry, meanwhile, Sarah Lance is doing something that I probably would do too, just saying. And she's looking for Damien Dark so she can kill him for killing Laurel. And we we support you, Sarah Lance, for doing this. Mm-hmm. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Truly. And because then the time, well, the, oh, there's also kind of that weird, not a weird scene, but Sarah and Ray have a little scene. And it just made me think, Thank God. Like, thank God they never went through with the Sarah Ray thing. I feel like yeah. a lesser show would have started pushing it in season two. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm so glad they don't. Yeah, because when I look at it, it's just it's it's two, it's just two friends slash co-workers slash roommates. And Ray's just offering Ray's like, I get grief. Hey, I'm here if you need me. I don't know what he's here for. If he's here for shoulder yeah. crying or a quick I feel like, again, once again, I love Ray. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes he gets a little pissy for the stupidest things. He also comes on too strong sometimes. Yeah, so too. But I think part of season two is kind of Ray mellowing out. Yes, yes. Because sure. I think the Ray that we love, and we do love Ray, that we know and love comes out in seasons three and four. Like, those are, I think, the peak Ray seasons. 
even towards the end of season two, I feel like you get. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, we right. have the Camelot episode. Yeah, that's like, great. Like Rises. once I feel like once Nate and Ray's friendship gets in going, that's when we get the Ray we love. Oh yeah, that's that's where like the good in both of them truly shines through. But the reason we have a time quick happening in 1942 is because. For some stupid, godforsaken reason, New York City gets bombed. As a New Yorker, I am sick and tired of us destroying New York City. Look, I live here. Stop destroying us, please. I beg you. You're a cat. You're 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 an internationally known capital. I technically you have an odd in, 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 in all respect to you. You everyone knows New York City. It's a major nexus. But I then we find, and then, Island, but still annoying. <laughs> but then we find out that um, that Nazis are probably the Nazis. Yay! Nazis. Great! I did not see that one coming. Um, Great. I but, will. The only thing I'll have to say to this. Sorry to spoil a little bit of season two, but you're also here. So spoiler. Fast forward fifteen seconds. When we get to the Spear of Destiny. All of the DC Comics lore around Spear of Destiny, unfortunately, involves the Nazis. And I'm not saying that as this is a good thing or a positive thing they're doing. It's just one of the only canon things they've lifted. It's essentially kind of... They're Ark of the Covenant, kind of. It really basically is Ark of the Covenant. And again, I'll say, I'm tired of seasons of Nazis. And I'm with Mickey. Where like I hate Nazis. This thank- is why I like Timeless because there's not Nazis in there. Thank you. We only have good. one episode, only one episode of Nazis, and it also res- involves a black man deciding to say, "Hey, you know what? I understand too." Finishes the man's form and says, "Listen the hell up." You know what though? Rufus Carlin. Fort McRory remembering that his uh, boyfriend slash was was Jewish and hates you know. Yeah, um, whatever, whatever Lenin McCaff. We can't put a, I don't want to, I, I can't label it because it's very deep and profound. Uh, it's a workplace relationship, one might say. <laughs> a sensual workplace relationship. We're going to get okay. I'm just, okay, anyway, but. So they do research, so they look into, so um, I think, so Ray is looking into it because Ray is looking into it. Martin comes along and they find out the war ends. It, what happens is because of this explosion, World War II ends in 1947, two years after it's really scheduled, originally scheduled to end. Um, the Allies do win. However, you lose 12 million more lives. Yeah, among we, them, what they notice is Albert Einstein. Yeah, And Gideon informs them that Einstein goes missing in, drum roll please, 1942. Ding, ding, ding. And they're not supposed to go. If we include uh, at the end of World War II, you lost 6 million Jews and other people. So the, that like doubled it. Exactly. It's it's horrific. It is this and, thing of oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. But there is this moment when it's, it's like, well, we can't go stop this nuke. And he's like, because something worse could happen. And Ray, I think kind of rightly says, What's worse? What is worse than the outcome of nuking New York City? 
And I feel like even though we uh, will later see, yeah, well, later we see like isn't it what nice how we able. don't mention the American internment camps happening? We never yeah. mention it. To be honest, not I'm, yep. not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to minimalize the Holocaust because it's terrible. That's a terrible event, but also we did this. You know, I didn't learn about what that. What happened? What would happen over the next two years if that had happened? What would happen? to all those people who were in the internment camps. By the way, I forgot the name, but there's a really good musical that George Takei did on the Japanese internment. I don't remember the name, but it's fantastic. Uh, we have Mick who's like, I'd rather die than speak German, which Again. I feel like, does he say, I, I want to remember this because I feel like I remember him speaking in German at one point, but I, that might've been hallucination. Well, he does call. Oh, well, that's a translator pill because that's always something because they still have the translator pills on their larynxes or whatever the hell. I mean, how? I mean, so it just stays in your larynx. I mean, what happens if it goes wrong? I don't know. I, I have stupid like, how questions I ask. Do you need to get new batteries? I mean, do, is it solar charged? You have to go stick, go outside, stick your head out, and go, ah. Not going to digestion system. That's my question. Anyway, so aside from anyway. the IUD, aside from the throat IUD, um, so what happens is, is, but also we gotta talk about Jax too right now because well Martin hmm. shouldn't Martin's crapping his pants over the prospect of because because he and Ray get the idea hey let's kidnap Einstein before he goes missing and Martin's having his Martin's pissing his pants in delight because yeah, he wants to meet Einstein. Girl. He's such a fan Martin's Mar- 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 alone. Um, <laughs> but we got to have the other half of Firestorm too. The better half. I mean, like, listen, no, I, <laughs> I, I love and respect Martin Stein with all my heart, but Jax, like, <laughs> but sometimes I mean, he is, sometimes Martin is an old white man. <laughs> and again, we're leaving that one black character we have back on the freaking wave rider like we did. It's even more. No, I had this moment. I was like, "Wow, Sarah's the only woman on this team." I did too. I was like, "She was like, dang." Yeah, I just have in my notes like, "Why doesn't Jax get to do anything?" <laughs> I know there's a because, purpose to it later on. Yeah, it feels like very much they're again sidelining Jax for no reason. Yeah, because Rip has this whole laundry list of things to do to fix the ship and add things. And he's frustrated because if for him, it's all work and no play. I'd be frustrated if I was Jax too. And I understand that, you know, it's New York City in the 1940s. You're not going to have Rip. It's not very racially welcoming, let's just say. Tad better than somewhere else, but not that great. Yeah, exactly. Listen, you're gonna find a holes everywhere. I mean, even when you mentioned that, it's just making me think of uh, that we're jumping way ahead right now. But in Speakeasy, yeah. does it? We were talking about this earlier in the season seven. The background in Speakeasy does it has so many different kinds of people, people from all backgrounds, and it really kind of struck me. Like obviously, like I know part of are the people we see in the background of this are Nazis. That's not what I'm talking about. But like in most of these early seasons, I'm like, these are all <laughs> just all white dudes and some white women. Anyway, 
just I, I will just end this by saying um Jack's little weight tool wave that he gives Rip like I'm gonna get you. That was I'm, great. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I love the but, joke that comes up in this though. Let's look for the crazy scientist with the white white crazy hair. And the other one. Other crazy. I'm like that's the best joke. But also Sarah has this lovely little lie here that so. What happens is they split up. Sarah has a lovely little lie that, oh, um, I have a grandfather who worked for the FBI. I assume it's a lie. And she says she's going to see if she can follow up there, which the question is, Sarah, how are you going to go do that? I, how, what are you going to do? Waltz into the FBI and say, hi, uh, my grandfather works here. I'm from the future. Can you help me out with someone? Can you help me out? Because yeah, someone's trying to kidnap Einstein. Yeah, that was a bad lie. That was a yeah. very severe lie. But Ray picks up on it and he decides to follow her while the others go to the physics symposium. I feel like she could have just disappeared and used like League of Assassins, leave without a trace, and been like, throw a smoke bomb down and be out of there. But honestly, again, I feel like Ray is overstepping too, where he's like, I must follow her because I need to know what's going on. I'm not going to lie though, I think it'd be pretty fun to be that small and holding on and kind of ride on a taxi. I agree. A 1940s taxi is not even going to go that fast. Listen, listen, when you're that tiny, I want to see what it's like. I'm curious. I feel like it would be very much like Honey, I Shrunk. Bug on a a windshield. (laughs) I gotta say, once again, everyone's look in this episode, excellent. Everyone looks so good. The costuming is fantastic in this episode. Sarah's freaking first shawl in 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 that weather. I was like, it's got taste, but are you too hot? They were in Canada, so probably not. <laughs> uh, yes, true. Good point. But yes, yeah, so they go there. They go to Columbia, and um, they they find Einstein being gross. Einstein, I. This is again where we talk about it. I feel like this is almost legends fighting place because we take the stone figure. He is grabbing butts. Like <laughs> the fact that part of this. Is Einstein being like trying to get a threesome? It's like that's how I describe legends. And literally used the excuse is I was demonstrating a theory of relativity. And this actor was pretty good, like close. He did good. He's very good. He did a good casting job. But like I again, I was like me being me, and I was like, I didn't know this part of Einstein. I'm like, I have to look this up to see if it's historically accurate. And yeah, it is. He was a womanizer. Yeah, uh, he's he's gross. Um, he had a lot of affairs. He had a lot of affairs, and he was a jerk. Um, yes, you contributed things to physics. I would like to talk about that, though. We will save for a special Let's, segment. Yeah. Um, any, but anyway, so um, basically, it's very funny to have a Stein have a never meet your heroes moment. I I, I wrote down. Um, I wrote down um, Martin's sinus, science boner. Yeah, he he literally, he he cock-blocks Einstein. I'm sorry, he does. He cock-blocks Einstein. And is like, like, well, me and my friend had a question here about science. Oh, but we also forgot uh, why they're going over there is because Rip's made out the people who are going to kidnap Einstein. Yeah, apart yes. from us who are kidnapping him for good. Oh but, yes, Rip knows. Wanna... Rip knows that they're Nazis because of the. Exclusive... How does he know, Eden? Exquisite on their own uniforms. 
Rip, how do we know this? How? I got, I got, oh, I got two answers this one. One, Mary made him, Mary Xavier made him learn embroidery. Or two, experience some stitching up wounds. Rip, Rip is a crafter. That's it. Rip is a crafter. His secret hobby is sewing. Head cannon approved. Rip Hunter, thoughts on human centipede, please. <laughs> well, you know that Mary Xavier made him learn two hobbies to deal with his anger issues of being a Victorian <laughs> orphan. And it's stitching and it's baking. And we know both of these from this is, season. Rip Hunter is just a sad Victorian boy, is he not? He's literally he's is Dodger. The he's Dodger from Oliver Twist. Um, that's what Holy crap, he is. Rip Hunter's Dodger era. And then we kind of cut back to Sarah's gonna go fight Damien Dark and Ray's like, hey, hey, let's stop this. Sarah's like, yeah. What are you doing? And then it's and Ronald's. Ronald's. And Ray, Ray works out that um that uh, Dark's the one who's supplying the Nazis and that he's supplying them uranium. Radioactive stuff, by the way, if you did if you remember your science classes. I mean, yes, Ray is correct. Like, oh, he's bringing them the uranium. But it's also like, if you said Damien Dark in 1942, where do you think he is? Do you think he's up to good stuff ever? <laughs> Um, I love that, like, later in seasons, that we all conveniently forget that Damien Dark's a Nazi. And we're like, well, mm. now we like Damien Dark. I'm like, no, friends, he's a Nazi. He's not the greatest it's guy. Literally, it's I know literally the Agents Nora, of S.H.I.E.L.D. fandom. I love Nora, because I love Nora, too. But Damien Dark was a Nazi. Having been through the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fandom with this... Yes. No, I not see. It's it. It's this is something you did. You need to fucking acknowledge it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I have two things. One, <laughs> I will be sad because I can't talk about Vandal Savage as much this season. All of you are like, thank God. <laughs> I don't want to know. About oh, that. man. But I, I want to say, like, and this is not defending any character at all. We see Vandal Savage fight Nazis. <laughs> what does Damien Dark do? The opposite. But also, I just had this realization. When is he trying to sell that nuclear bomb? Is that the 70s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was Savage trying to sell the bomb. Oh. But who was there? Damien Dark. Oh. We connected the dots. That? We connected the dots. There has been a lot of Damien Dark trying to get a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Because, okay, if he was getting it in the 70s, then he was like, oh, shit, it didn't work. So he goes back to the 40s. And so that's when when later on he's like, there won't be a second. Okay. So here's, if your theory is correct, that means that he and Eoberg were ganging up together since season one. Of Legends. I would believe that because what's because ha- season two of Legends. I Mind blown. What's listen, Thon's listen. Um, I don't know how long Thon's been running from uh the the time wraith, um, Black Flash, whatever it is, but it could be, but it could have been well two years, maybe well, more. So probably tell us. I'm just saying, how long remember. could have Damien Dark traveled through time? 
without a speedster or his own time time machine. Wow, we've we've really actually, you, the we do, here. We do find out actually later this season how he does time travel. Um True. but so to I'm move forward. The, but if this is for the part where um there's a firefight and Rip's shooting guys and just takes a glass of champagne and drink as he's doing it. Oh my god, wait, Rip when he's so like fun. got his arm around this guy's throat and he's shooting them, I'm like, that was hot. That this is peak rip is season. It is, and it's like he's really done because he knows that his team is never gonna do anything correctly ever. But um, Martin has to punch Einstein to shut him up. Which honestly is like I would like. There are many science. There are many. Sorry, there are many male scientists. I would like to do that too. I know exactly who the top two are. Yeah, you know who my. You know who my top two are. Tell us, tell us, Kate. Who are Yeah. Got to. The man screwed over Rosalind Franklin. I will. Crick can get it too. Yeah, Crick can get it too. Crick Crick gets it too, but Watson was the worst one, I think. Um, But yeah, there's my, there's my, um, I am, I am a Rosalind Franklin apologist. Um, I'm not an apologist. No, I'm a supporter. No, I, no, acknowledge the woman, you idiots exactly um anyway uh also also um also just off topic it's ridiculous when you like think about your when you think about it how you're just talking about white scientists so much in school all and they're all dudes all dudes all yeah, dudes well, oh, right, unless you have the exception they'll, they'll throw in they'll throw in madame curie for yeah, a little madame bit curie of diversity. and then george washington Jane carver Dickel. for diversity but you know what? Diversity is important because there's other scientists you need to recognize too. Sorry. Yeah, and you, you know, they never do. I, Madame Curie did a lot of things, but they don't mention what goes went on with the girls who were working with her. And that's another story too. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention, just to back up, uh, <laughs> I love Mick uh, telling Einstein, <laughs> God, you stupid. I know. I, I love oh, that. And, and, Listen, and Mick, you know Mick, Mick milked that. Mick milked their interaction with Einstein. Yeah, and Mick, Mick was like, I love this dude because he was a womanizer because Mick is also like that. So he's like, I yeah. I, 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 I do love when Einstein wakes up and pissed off and the break everyone's like, hello, I'm Professor Einstein. Like, Einstein minus the I. And it's like, dorkiest line but it's so Martin Stein because he's like I'm meeting my favorite scientist and you know Don't you, probably got kids. Into, you probably got into it because of Einstein too so it's like <laughs> I I love that and I also love and he's like well we have you here because you, so we find out like just to quickly help support this we find out like sarah and jacks find out from gideon yeah no new york's getting nuked <laughs> it doesn't matter that you took we Einstein. didn't change anything kidnapping him and then and so Mark- they say to no. einstein like but you're the only man that could do this and he's like i am the only man man and then mick goes does he so say there's chick? a lady he's like so yeah. there's a lady who knows there's a lady and, and he's like and he's and mark's like what i'm sorry not mark i'm just like what am i talking to this guy you're clearly the intellectual but I, um so much because again that's who martin's horrible to and it's season one martin's Some, horrible to 
McRory. And I love this kind of like little dig of Mick being this. Martin model. needs to be taken down a peg more than yes. once. But we learned that um, Maleva Mark, Einstein's first wife, who he divorced and is referenced as the one who he divorced earlier. It, they, they find out that because no one was paying attention to her, um, she was kidnapped and is being forced to be, make the bomb for Dark and his Nazi cronies. I mean, did they have to put the Nazi symbol on the atomic bomb? I don't get that. You could have just- They're fascists. It's also in the Like They're fascists. They are. Like, Built branding the is the whole thing. You could look at look at the Empire and Star Wars. That's all I gotta say. Look at things now. It's about branding. It makes you feel like you're a part of something. Yes. The Nazis. Leap the Nazis. That's all I say. But it kind of all starts to spiral out because Ray spills beans on Sarah. Ray is a snitch. I'm gonna say it. Also, the line that Sarah says him, always the Boy Scout, aren't you, Raymond? Very lettered snot oh, energy. Oh, my is. favorite oh, is without snappy. your suit. Wait, without your suit, you're just a rich man. And I'm like, Tony Stark, is that you? <laughs> I do find it funny how like Ray tries to be like, yeah, well, you're still an assassin. She goes, oh, you want to play like that? Here's what I have to say. He can't even refute the fact that he's just a billionaire. He's like, that might be true, but also. <laughs> He has the, he had, he's the, he's, the suit's got a handy dandy little thing that, um, it tracks nuclear radiation. Yeah, because his, I think his suit, because it has a bit of dwarf, it's powered by dwarf star alloys. So, um, well, considering, um, there's radiation from space. Honestly, though, again, Ray did deserve, we'll always say when the desire, the guy deserves a little peg down, because he was being a little bit of a jerk here. He was being a jerk. So we formulate a plan like, all right, we got to go stop them from loading this. We got to go save the ex. Maleva. Maleva, we've got to go. Say her name. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That's, no, no, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to be a bitch. Please do. Oh, we have to go <laughs> and save her and then we have to go stop this bomb. And so we show up. This, I think this dock fight is excellent. This is oh, such yeah. a good fight. Fantastic choreography. You get the ever iconic line of I love roasting Nazis. See, I am Mick in this situation. Thank you, Mick. The best. But also, and also Dark won't let Maleva go, so he's bringing her onto the U-boat that's decided to surface in the harbor. He's and, uh, great job, America. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. Sarah, being the apex predator she is goes after dark oh this was in the trailer wasn't it yes it was because this was in the season two trailer was like what are you doing like who are you like i've been waiting no she says i've been waiting a long time for this for what kill you it's excellent can i just say um this was the blueprint for wanda versus thanos this is true you took everything from me sarah and dark are fighting um dark thinks dark recognizes her technique as league of assassins and he thinks oh she's just trying to take me out it's it's gonna it's gonna fail um and meanwhile things are going very well for the rest of the lens do they succeed in getting the back 
Yes, they do, which is fantastic. It's great. However, trying to deprogram the nuclear bomb does not go so well because Ray's suit starts, um, well, it starts going to flashing red lights, which are never good. Warning, warning. And then Mick gets shot. Oh, yeah. And, then, and like, good. they have, so they're Global. like pretty Global much have to retreat, but Sarah's not giving up. Sarah's not giving up. Quickly, one underrated moment is Firestorm lighting up right next to Einstein uh, and Einstein's face of like, what? <laughs> I still say the best moment is Jonah Hex doing the sign of the crossing Firestorm. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Rip orders him to fall back to the ship without the bomb, but with Maleva. Yay. Sarah doesn't want to really go. She's She wants to kill this man. Because, you know, I you would... can see it. Um, Katie Watts is some great acting. You can see how pissed off she is here. Look, she is, she wants revenge for her sister. Laurel meant the world to her. She's not going to give up until he's dead. It's a very like Inigo Montoya, like you killed my. Yes. The whole season um, is very Inigo Montoya of Sarah in general. Dark is her six-fingered man. So does that make Eobard um, Humperdinck? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he, he gets ripped. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Oh, yeah, you know what? Because then, um, so then, Malcolm, <laughs> then Malcolm is the little... Uh, Malcolm is... He's the hunchback. Yeah, Malcolm is like the little... Wait, no. Who's the, he's, the tor- he's the torture guy? <laughs> he's like, welcome to the... <laughs> welcome to the pit of despair. <laughs> I was gonna say like even a six. Yes. Figure, I couldn't remember like, six figured man so, is um, Humperdinck's boy toy, so right? Who's Wesley? Yeah. we'll get back to our Princess Bride AU later on. But later um, on. they're later. in the air, and the Einsteins are safely reunited with security detail. And who comes up? Is it like somebody comes up with the idea, and I don't remember who that they need to say, tell like change history. Oh, it was was it? Nate? That's later. That's later. Oh, yeah. But right now they're un- but um Rip decides, hey, we're gonna do a um dive, but this is a- but after he and Jax have that talk in the bridge about and he wants Jax to make a few more modifications. And we see the time scatter option briefly appear on the screen in front of Rip. Two things. I think that's one of the only moments in this episode that didn't work for me is Rip saying the t- time scatterer. But I hope I never need to do it. And then exactly three minutes later, we do it. I I wish it had somehow been set up. Or, like, it just doesn't quite flow for me. Second, I love the way Ryder can go into the ocean. I know it doesn't, there's no reason it should be able to do that, but I love it. But it's interesting because I know Arthur Deville had filming, I think it was Broadchurch, I can't remember. Um, but because we knew we were going to have his absence in the season for that. Um, but he was telling Jax that, Jax, Jax is like, wait a minute, you can teach me about the wave rider. And Rip's like, yeah, well, because obviously I'm not going to be around forever. So uh, it's, I need to make sure someone knows the ship, like I know the ship. Interesting foreshadowing, by the way. Very um, interesting. For, it's very interesting. But Jack says, well, you're not going to quit on us yet. Huh? Oh, um, FYI for the audience, I did meet Arthur, who's very, very lovely at Dragon Con. He speaks so fondly of everything. And um, 
he does the best Victor and uh, Dom impressions ever. Incredible. You got to witness that, and I'm so jealous. But um, Dark orders the torpedo to be fired, sets the course straight for New York. And then Rip has the great idea. We're going genius play our bodies in front of the torpedo. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Rip, you are so smart. Not. But um, so on a collision course, and Rip time scatters everyone except Mick because Mick's injured and. Well, Mick thinks, oh, well, I knew he didn't like me, but Rip's like, well, you weren't going to survive anyway with your age. It shows he does like Mick in a way. But also, what do you think about it? Yes, Jax is learning about the wave rider, but Mick makes the most sense as the one to leave behind because he knows how to pilot a time ship. He did so for lifetimes. He did. I I do like that little moment, though, like after Rip has, like, Zip zap zapped everyone off across <laughs> time, and Mick's oh, like, "I knew you didn't like me, bro." What a like high five! I feel that man. I mean, and the Gideon and the Gideon rip moment too. I love that. Then, Gideon, I'm here. You always are. Oh, back to present day. Back to present day after like team exploded. <laughs> Meanwhile, back In on the, the ranch. Oliver Queen's like, Nate, you should stay with him to do history. I can't time travel. I, I, don't, have have to, I don't have I time have to time travel. This man's <laughs> definitely watched some Doctor Who before. I don't have time for time travel. I gotta go home and lie to my wife. <laughs> they weren't even married yet. They're still in the weird... Oh, that's right. They're up. They're on a break. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> on a break. They're broken up. I don't think they're together yet. I don't know. It's they're in the weird limbo. But like, Oliver Queen has mayor stuff to do. Fine. We gotta wait another year for the wedding. Well, we don't, we don't want to talk. Any thoughts on that? But I will not disclose this now. But you know what? Nate doesn't. Nate, here's the thing. Nate is now. Kendra got it worse, obviously, but Nate also didn't really get a say in whether he wanted to time travel or not. Oh, does it, doesn't he call, uh, Mick call him pretty? He does, like, uh, after they get off the ship, because Mick's I, like, I'm getting in this chair. This, this is our first pretty, which, that was Mick's name for Nate the whole entire time. Because right before that, when Mick's like, all right, strap it, and Nate's like, oh my god, we're gonna time travel. Wow. And Mick goes, Dad, I didn't tell you about the side effects. What, what side, side effects? effects? Side effects. And God. so then we see where all the legends have been thrown through time. First, we find Ray, which we know because um, Nate found this artifact. Yeah, I feel like. Oh, yeah, the, the Jurassic Man. <laughs> and he's like i know where he is and of course ray is running for his life we find out later why though yeah well the t-rex is following him but like we find out why the t-rex was following him later i think maybe on a rewatch just before we continue with this i think this season two it's benefiting a lot from a full rewatch i think the Definitely. first time through if this is your first time watching Legends, it may not click as well because there is this shift in tone that can be kind of weird. But you can really feel 
some growing pains, but strides to be better. So after we have prehistoric Ray, a pretty also first steel atom. That's your ship out there. Yeah, this is their first meeting. It is, and he's like, "Who is that?" Oh my God, who is this beautiful man? <laughs> oh God, they have the best friendship out of everybody on that. Show. All right, here's my question, please, and refresh my memory. So then we go back to Tin uh, Tintagel Tintago. Uh, yes, in eight, 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 eight hundred and twenty-one. Is this more? Okay, what time is the Arthurian Arthurian time? Arthurian times, based on my research um, of about two hours ago at this point. Yeah, so Arthur, um, that was in the 12th century. Yeah. Okay, a little early. Later. Okay. Yeah. And then because yes. I, I was going to say. I have a book, and if we're assuming it's a British monarch, if it's a future British mar- monarch, it is most likely um, a, a potentially Aethelwolf or a younger sibling, potentially, who didn't inherit which, the crown. Which, again, we looked on IMBD, and they're saying it's King Louis, so eh, no, no. it doesn't fit. Uh-huh. Uh, it's whatever. Well, I always thought it was interesting that we go to, to Tintagel. Tintagel? Yeah, because... Um, if you, because I was looking it up, um, that's where the alleged cave where Merlin it, fell asleep in is. Yes, and we later visit Camelot or do yeah. an Arthurian episode Camelot. later. I, I do. Camelot, I do, uh, silly place. Yes, silly I do. Model. Bring in, bring my magicians. Bring my wizards. Bring me my wizard. Yes, this is so I funny. I do like to see my mirror. I, I do love that Jackson's phone still has the charge. It's so to hold up the phone. I mean, listen, you can't play anything, but hey, the camera works. I bet, like when you firestorm, it could charge your phone. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Or, or, or they're on the wave rider. Maybe he used some future tech. I mean, maybe he. I mean, listen, in Torchwood, they were using alien tech for random day to day stuff. Maybe, maybe oh, they decided the future. <laughs> The little kid is a jerk, obviously. It's he's very like, funny. He's a spoiled brat. He's like, I'm so bored with you. Off with your head. And Nate just goes in and is like, I always wanted to see him. Okay, baby. wait. <laughs> Nate geeks out. I'm I'm gonna put a pin in this for like in 17 years when we eventually get to season five. <laughs> this medieval set looks like the Renaissance Fair <laughs> that Nora works at. Oh my god, it kind of does. Listen, we know what the CW budget is for this show. Wait, they redid that for the actual Renaissance Fair, didn't they? Probably. And then they were like, oh, who's that? This is the new guy. (laughs) I love it. This is the new guy. This is pretty. And this is actually where I love that we do get the name pretty in this episode already. Okay. This is also good for Nate McShippers if you're out there too, which uh, you're yeah. out there. Yeah. Steel Wave, sound off. Yeah, Steel Wave, that was like the beginning of that too. Oh, yeah. And now we come to arguably one of the most iconic scenes. In yeah, the- absolutely. This is the one we love always see in the, we always see this in the edits. This is the one, which for good reason. Like, yeah. This is like, what sold people on legends and I, this is what i say like i think legends um once we get like our characters in our newer seasons and we get introduced to amaya Maisie richardson sellers 
and all the other characters that will come and go. But I know that part of the draw at first was having an openly bisexual woman mm-hmm. in time. And so we are in Salem, 1693, hocus pocus time. And, yeah, and I was going to say that. She and it's like, strong. you have corrupted, Sarah's strong. been tied up. And it's like, you have corrupted the women of our village. They're going to hang her for being, they're going to hang her for it. And um, she put a spell under them, but you know what that's uh- <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen a sequel yet, but I need to. I haven't seen Movie night. And then she said, like, after that, you've corrupted the women. In my case, they were happily corrupted. And then she waves at one of the girls, and the girl's like, <laughs> Also, we hear the white canary theme when she's laid waste to them. That's so good. <laughs> and, then, and then Nate comes in, and she immediately flips him on his butt. It's so good. Like, no, 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 wait, wait. He's hey, with us. he's with us. Oh, hey, hey, guys. I love that scene. She's so, that- she's, the one, she's so happy to see them, which I don't blame her. It's she's just so nice. I don't know. It's Puritans. Yeah, they suck. Anyway, um, but yeah, they're all together. And, um, but Nate is sad report. He can't find Captain Hunter. But yeah. he does get to meet Gideon. Yes, and Gideon plays Rip's final message, you all which honestly made me kind of emotional. Does <laughs> yeah, no, here's the thing: is like we know he's alive. Like here's the like, thing: we we're experienced. We know it's not his time yet, but you know what? It still gets us a little bit because you know, even though he berated them and criticized them, he's still our time dad at the end of the day. He loves his kids. So oh my much. God, is Rip I- like Steve? Don't do Steve like that. No, 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 no. Um, Rip is Karen Wheeler. Okay. Yes, that makes sense. As long as he's he's not the father, because the father's an asshole. <laughs> I think is this, is this a close enough? Mary, what do you think? Is that a close enough comparison? He's Karen Wheeler. I killed. I don't the remember his milf swimsuit era, so that's my only knock against it. Um, I fair enough. He, that's fair. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he died before he could have his swimsuit moment. Oh, poor Listen, Rick. in the afterlife, he's having a swimsuit era. But uh, the last bits of the hologram is when I like his note of uh, just stick together. And then his last thing is history is yours, my dear legends. I know. I love that line. Love it's that beautiful. So <laughs> they're like all right what are we going to do with the einsteins and i love the answer to this <laughs> is like first wave feminism yes absolutely <laughs> they corner this Which- man and it's like cia and it's like mm-hmm. he, he, no he means and that was nate's idea too it was nate's idea to do that oh my god feminism. nate gets his first his nate gets his first time travel boner he does. Oh, Changing yeah. history. <laughs> because um, Einstein acknowledges that it's not just his work that's been done here, but also the work of his um, ex. And this um, will also Maleva. keep her away. I'm like, thank yeah, you. And, and, um, obviously, that means they cannot kidnap her. The Nazis can't kidnap her because they know about everybody knows <laughs> who did it. So she would be very much watched. Um. Yeah, but so so Nate's amazed that oh, I changed history and 
And I was like, no, no, no. He saved history. And then also, we're not quite done with Mr. Dar because the subs in chaos, and I do love that he makes a line about, no, I expected you to be competent to the Nazis, which, you know, that's a really good dig. And um, <laughs> to the, they're, they're not, the guy's about to kill him, and then you see the red lightning. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Has, has Damien Dark not watched Indiana Jones and see them screw that up? I mean, has he? No. I mean, their faces melted off after that. I mean, they, he should have known we're going to fail. But, yeah, so then you see that lovely red lightning, you know, so up in the flash, straight through. What I first Break, saw. Literally breaking necks. Yeah. Everyone on board is dead. When I first saw this episode, uh, that was a very good reveal. I didn't know it was going to be Ian Varg, to be honest. Mr. Dark. It's and it's um Matt Letcher's um Aobard. Yes. It's not yes, it's not Tom Cavanaugh. Kevin. No, yeah, just Letcher's Aobard. It's a little different. Throwback to that time I was watching Hell's Kitchen and Matt Letcher. Uh, it yeah. was like he's just there in the dining uh, room but it says yes. he's sex in the city <laughs> well, no he's done for the carrie diaries the carrie diaries oh carrie diaries that's it but listen you know he was getting paid i respect it you know that yeah let's yeah that's all that's another way he's making his money. kitchen Anyway, so then we see like, ooh, Aobarthon and Damien Dark are working together. They're co so That's like our little villain tease. And then it's just, it's just a little sip for now. But um, you get, to, but then you see the legends walking away toward, it really looks like freaking back alley kind of. I mean, it's like, it's like, there's not, like, I can understand why you parked the wave rider there, but. It looks like a set. Like you can. Oh, it, it totally like, looks like a set. Is that? It I is, feel like they've used that set. They definitely have, especially yeah. in season seven, because it looks familiar. Part of me feels like they just reworked some of it mm-hmm. for something like Ieva. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a place you can. They shoot. probably also used it for Speakeasy. Who does it? But they're like, all right, well, time to go search through time when suddenly they get shot at. No, they don't get shot. The gun cocks behind them. Oh, right. Yeah. It's and then you, they turn around and they see they see Mr. They see a Captain America knockoff outfit. And then um, see I'm the- sorry, that's what it looks like. And then and then because the they're beginning to answer questions. And then you see the rest of the JSA pull up. You see a Maya, you see a Maya GY in the flesh in her vixen suit. Oh, oh. We're the JSA. Reference this we're, is, no, we're the Justice Society of America. We, we are Maisie stands and we love Amaya. Uh-huh. Wow. We see we see we see um we see Dr. Midnight. We see um Star Girl. Star Girl. Who's the other one? I am horrible. I'm, I'm the other one. Obsidian. Obsidian. I'm sorry. That's a gay man. I cannot I, forgive him. Ever gonna oh, wait, well, support him? Wait. Why support is this Star Girl different than the Star Girl that we have? Is it because like- it's another Earth? Okay. Yeah. Um. That was that was in the the last good the last crossover we were invited to. <laughs> but that's how the episode cues off. And I remember after seeing that, I was like, okay. Next episode now, back in 2016. Ugh. 
it's just a well done episode mm-hmm. it's amazing like it's everything you want in a legend like not even just a pilot because it sets the course for the season but also it's just a good snippet yeah exactly it it brings in the fresh blood of nate it brings back our favorites it has a solid plot um great stuff is done with it i i really enjoy the episode and this is like 10 times better than the two-parter pilot that was like i mean it doesn't have a bar fight but agreed yeah overall it's yes it doesn't I mean, have the bar fight and now in now in respect to the pilot at least um they did have to go and introduce everyone because they had to give the dummies guide to our b-list and c-list characters we got everything music costumes apart from like maybe a slight hiccup and trying to do a little bit too much at once which i think is just the folly of legend we got some gay too that was great less nazis but i understand yeah um on the plus side they all died yes they did die thank you meg true also and and eobard maybe you know, like, can we can we thank eobard maybe listen eobard's a piece of crap but he did kill some nazis yeah Let's there you go true. but also i mean like maybe more than one woman which i know we will have amaya and we will scream and shout because Amaya, uh, we love her. We love but, her. Like, it is kind of apparent in this episode that, like, apart from Gideon, it's just Sarah. <laughs> and it's really yeah, starkly can you apparent. Imagine being the only girl to share a bathroom with all those guys. Oh, poor Sarah. Yeah, there is only one bathroom. That's a good point. I mean, but poor Sarah. What is it? Okay, I'm going to say this. I don't, I don't think Nick flushes. <laughs> no. Oh, he He's doesn't. drunk half the time. <laughs> The seat's always gonna be up on the toilet when I realize. Oh, you are so right. He would leave. The seat's always up. Poor Sarah. Someone's got. You know. You know. Jax has the axe body spray. I'm sorry, but you know he's got the axe body. Rip has probably has some terrible body spray. You know, like just has Victorian shaving cream. You have Martin Stein's nose hairs in the sink. (laughs) God. Rip just using a straight razor for the and aesthetic then, like, of sad boyness. There, there is hair you product would. everywhere because we know that Ray uses hair product. And uh-huh. Nate will be too, so. Wait, so is Ray, actually Ray would be our Steve Harrington then. Oh God. And actually Ray and Nate share, the, Ray and Nate are the hair. This is true. Uh, but I, fe- I feel like I have to give it to Ray because haircut. Yes. Yeah. He gets haircut. All right. So, um. You heard me this episode um, saying Maleva's name a lot because I because I am a little bit of a history nerd and I decided to do some research into her because um, you know what I was curious and at the time when I first watched this episode I was a little preoccupied with college so um, even though I have a lot more to do these days I did take some time before we recorded to do research on Maleva Mark. Marek, sorry. So she was born in 1875 in Serbia. To she had and her parent, her father was relatively wealthy, well-known, well-respected member of the community. Uh, she had two brothers as well. Now, um, she attended. So when she attended high school, the last year girls were admitted to be in high school in Serbia because apparently that was a thing. I, I didn't get too deep into that. Um, and she demonstrated such a prowess that her father 
managed to get her authorization to attend physics lectures that were um, male only. They would only let the dudes listen to them. That was in 1892. She did end up completing her high school education in Zurich in 1894. Um, that which was also when where Albert Einstein attended high school. Um, she was four years older than him. Nice. Not too bad of an age gap. That's, that's, that's I mean, it's it's fine. Um, she she and Einstein did meet at a physics and math section at the Polytech Institute in in Zurich now known as ETH Zurich. Um, she, there were only five students in there. She was the only woman. She was the fifth woman to attend the Polytechnic Institute here in Zurich. There in Zurich, why does it here? Um, the five, so, so they kind of met and immediately they hit it off. They were close, they were best buds. They were doing everything together. She did attend more lectures than him. He was more comfortable kind of um, staying at home to do his work, but she's the one who was going to all the lectures and taking notes. And um, there are, so they had a lot of letters that were exchanged between them. There, there are at least 43 letters, other letters that are preserved. 10 of, her, 10 of those letters were, her, were hers that she wrote to him. Um, in 1900, they both, they, it, when they had, they reached their final exams. Maleva scored a 4.7. I think that was her equivalent of her GPA. Albert Einstein's was a 4.6. Um, when with the test, she scored a five out of five. So, like if you know the American AP exam system, a five is perfect. Einstein scored a one. <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah. And the theory that, and also, by the way, more research. The thing about people say, oh, Einstein failed math. No, he was an average math student overall. It's just, you know, people spread things and things get convoluted. However, what kept her from getting her degree was the professor. Um, when there was a oral exam, as I said before, she was the only girl in a class of five. The four men received 11, 11 out of 12 as a score for the professor. She was given a five. Oh, asshole. Yeah, which that's, that's very sus to me right there. Um, but she continued to work with Einstein, and I'm, um, Einstein was also having trouble getting his, um, he was having trouble getting work. Um, the professor who failed Malay, who gave Maleva the five, uh, Einstein believed that he was trying, he believed that professor was trying to obstruct his work in physics. Um, Albert Einstein's family did not approve of Maleva Marek as a potential in-law. They did not like her because she was not Jewish. They they did not like her because, so sorry, they, they did not like her. She wasn't Jewish. She wasn't German. Um, she was thought to be too intellectual. She was thought to be too intellectual for the family and that they were very critical that she had a limp. Most Jews nowadays would be happy that you are marrying a smart woman. Uh, I will interject that, yes, um, the Jews back then didn't like you intermarrying and they would actually uh, sit shiva for you if you didn't marry another Jew. Times have changed drastically. But, um, and you know what? He also said he would not marry her unless he didn't have a job, which fair, I can understand. You want to be able to provide for um, your family, which they didn't quite have yet. Um, they did submit a paper together, but it was only under Einstein's name. 
they did not add her name to the paper. Um, also around around that so before and also before they got married, Maleva did get pregnant. Um, Einstein refused to marry her because he still did not have a job. Um, oh, Einstein. Yeah, and but what happened was she she had to, um, and then she tried to take that oral exam again. She was failed a second time by that same professor who Einstein believed was blocking his career. They didn't really care about hers. Um, but what happened was that they went back and um, she did have a baby girl. However, aside from that, there is no record of what happened to this girl. We don't know. There is no confirmation that she died. There is no, uh, she's either, she either died or she was adopted. Those are two possible outcomes for this girl. Um, they did marry, believe it, Albert Einstein did marry in 1902. That was when they were married. They had two sons together. She wrote all his lectures and his notes for lectures for him. Of course. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I said with dri- wait, wait. dripping if sarcasm. I the proverbial jock to the, you know, smart girl. Ha- yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I should, I feel like I could have done some more in-depth research, but that is the vibe I'm strongly getting from this is that he was, I mean, we know, we see it now, the Celeste's episode was not wrong and he was womanized. But it's also known that like, for instance, Tolstoy, his wife hand wrote or typed Anna Karenia and War and Peace for him as he like talked about them. So there's like a long tradition of, it's great the same men behind who accomplish things. It's like the same behind every for great every man, great man, woman. there is an awesome woman behind him. Exactly. Like, you know, making sure everyone's eating. People have clean clothes. I mean, it's like oh, I can't wait to get into this. It's oh, like I can't wait to get into this. Posted. Oh, there's oh, get ready for some. Get ready. So if you ever um, I'm so so yeah, get ready for some more out. This is Einstein. Listen. Did he do things for them for the scientific community? Absolutely. As a person, though, he sucks, in my opinion. Um, anyway, she was writing lectures for him, and I did mention earlier in the episode he had affairs. Um, what in 1912, he started an affair with his um, I, re- I don't remember the cousin or a second cousin, but yeah. he did start an affair second. with someone. So okay, second cousin, thank you. It was his second cousin. And he and he wanted to get a divorce from Malayva. Now, at, but before this, he didn't want to really live with her, and he had a set of um, he had a set of terms that he wrote out for her. It was like, "You will continue to feed me. You will continue to do my laundry, change the sheets, but you are not allowed to have any intimacy with me at all." Like who who would want to at that point? <laughs> yeah, and but now here's the you gotta remember this is the early 1900s. Women didn't want to have now, now the early 1900s in Europe. Um, the, second, the first world war hadn't even broken out yet, but um, eventually they did get divorced in 1914. They did get divorced, and here's where I really respect Malaya here because you know, when you go through, now, so in divorce, in the divorce agreement, she created a clause. Her clause was that if he ever won the Nobel Prize, her she she who was taking care of their two sons, by the way, would receive the money. 
And one of these sons was mentally ill. One of the sons did have a schizophrenia. Yeah, I remember reading that. And um, so she, and she cared for her. She cared. When Einstein did win the Nobel Prize in 1921, he tried to go back on that agreement. Oh, of course. But you know what? She pulled the receipts on him. She said, look, mm. I have all the papers I wrote for you. I have all this stuff I've done for you. If you don't give me the money, I will put this out there. He did um. get, he did. He did send the support. He did send the money. And she was able to have access to the interest on that money. The money went primarily to the sons. She could access the interest of it. Although, and um, he really sucked in his alimony payments too. Of course she did. Yeah. But um, after that, so that's, pro- that's probably like the most I found in her. She kind of faded to obscurity around um, after that Nobel Prize kind of, she was busy taking care of um. I mean, she was her son's caretaker. She had to literally take care yeah, of him. Yeah, being a caretaker is not easy. It's No, it's not at all. And um, in 1948, she did die. And um, her, and so, yeah, her, and her, the, survive, the son who she was caring for was institutionalized and died several years later. And Einstein did express regret for not being there more for his son. But um, I'm sorry, I don't feel a lot of pity for him. I don't either. Um, like, but what, was, what was stopping you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so not, yeah. Um, also, right in the fact for Einstein, he was also trained to be a musician too in case his career in physics and math and all the other stuff he was in failed. But um, also, yeah. So when he references his wives, the one who, di- who divorced was Maleva. The one he married was his cousin. Second, yeah, but I, did he end up divorcing her? Was he cheating on? Like, no, she, no, she, she, I think she died. Yeah, he says, I have one wife who's I divorced. I have, which, which one, the one who divorced me or the one who died? Um, it did he cheat on the dead one? Probably, oh, probably. I mean, definitely. We, I mean, he was like, he would, I mean, he needed some research too. He was kind of, he was pretty much serious, yeah, he? like. I was reading something about a robe that he used to do or something. I don't want to go into the whole thing because I was like, I just had to see if it was real because sometimes when they give you historical information, you want to, you know, fact check. So yeah, I did that. Thank you for our fun segment, Kate. Now we've all learned something. I was remember her name, Maleva Marks. Maleva Marks. She put her career on the back burner to take care of her kids and him. She got her career shot, basically. Yeah. Her, her, men brought down her career. She was the fifth woman to attend this institute. She got, that's, I mean, you can't, getting a five out of 12, no, I don't believe that. Did this professor get, like, fired? I'm, I'm just, as far I, as I'm concerned, I, do, I didn't research in the professor, but um, he sounded like a major. Um, yeah, I, hope I don't know did. what an oral exam in math is. Like, I guess you it's just when talk you the have problem. To, yeah, you have to give a speech essentially. Oh, that sounds like a made-up thing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, oh, I guess it is. I, I just didn't understand. I thought you just had to recite your math formula. <laughs> I forgot. Like presentations are a thing. It's I mean, essentially it's like a doctorate. Yeah. Um, Which you like could have probably done the best thing, the best oral exam ever, but he wouldn't have passed. She's worried. She's. She, I mean, she's helping cater to his ass. Oh, he got a one. On, he got a one out of five. 
This is why you always like research the women behind the men because like then you find out about her Edith Wilson apparently people like that obviously Edith Wilson goals (laughs) goals all right thanks once again Kate for this lovely segment we'll try maybe we'll try and do some more like behind the scenes of the historical figures we meet in legends and I just want to close. We don't. We can't really rank our episodes. We're going to do better with our ratings this rankings this season. We promise. I'm going to write it down. I promise. But since we only have the one, I'm going to say it's it's a very strong pilot. If I'm ranking it against the other pilot, the two parter, yeah. it is better. It wins being that pilot for me. I mean, I haven't seen my girl yet, but uh, this is a this is very this is a strong we got to see show of her. We did get a little. No, 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 my other girl, my other girl. Oh, right. We have several of our girls in this season. So many girls. Oh, is this the season? It's the season. It's the the season. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I just think this episode, I think also it's hard for any show's first season to be the best season or to be the strongest because I think season one for all of its many, many, many flaws. We love it. And I think in through season one, they have built up this really great chemistry between all the actors. And you can tell, like, it feels much more cohesive in this episode. We're not trying to explain everything in one go. And, and again, the transition is, like, really good because you can see where this is where it starts becoming Legends. I know it's full force in season three, but you can see the progression towards what you get in season three. I think the second half, I've always thought the second half of season two was the strongest because there's some heavy hitter episodes near the end of this season. But I've forgotten how strong this first one is. So Mm -hmm. we're off to a great start. And we are so happy to have all of you back listening with us. Oh, yeah. Missed you. Did you miss us? Hopefully. <laughs> Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Is <laughs> anyone having violent 2013 <laughs> flashbacks? I'm sorry I had to do it. Yes, we have many fun things planned for you in the future. Lots of fun guests. Uh, Mary, what do we have coming up next week? Coming up next week is episode two of season two. And it's the Justice Society of America where we are going to meet so many new friends, so many new faces. It's going to be a blast. Most importantly, Amaya. Amaya G. That's what next week is about. Oh, God, not the Nazi Hulk. (laughs) It's also that. Well, highs and lows. (laughs) The highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Our roses and thorns, if you will. But we hope to see you all soon and joining us next week. You can always tweet at us at um, with Legends of Next Week. We're on Twitter at Week Legends. And we're on Instagram at Legends of Next Week. And again, if you'd like to send us an email, send any email at all, you can email us at legendsofnextweek at gmail.com. We'd love to do a Q&A at some point. So again, we'd love to do a Q&A. We're going to have some more guest stars too coming in this season as well. It's going to be so much fun. Some old favorites, some new faces, maybe. 
all new and voices, all, new voices. I should say new voices. New voices. You can't and see us. As always, pure chaos. We love you all. And so signing off on this first episode, I'm your host, Mary. I'm Eden. And I am Kate. And we will see you some other week. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.